We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jacobs. Along with us will be PJ Inman and Matt Weaver of Peaks.com to talk a little bit about Indiana's recruiting. Big news today out of Hoosier land is that four-star wide receiver Rashawn Williams out of Michigan uh, committed to the Hoosiers. He picked IU over Purdue. Uh, He's a top 200 player, according to 247 Sports. And so it's a big day uh, for the Indiana Hoosiers. So we'll talk to Matt. We'll have PJ on as well. And we'll see uh, see what each, uh, each has to say. PJ, welcome into the show. How are you today? Yep, doing great. I uh, can't believe it's already, uh, you know, at the end of April. That's time really does, uh, does fly in the start of the season while we do have a long, you know, summer countdown and, uh, remainder of the off season, it'll it'll be here before we know it. So uh, certainly a lot to talk about. I know there were uh, congratulations to Wes Martin on getting drafted, uh, and all the guys that kind of were able to sign contracts and get their chance uh, in rookie camp. So um, and as you mentioned, Rashawn Williams, obviously that's uh, huge news for the Hoosiers. So uh, you know it's the off season, but still exciting times and a lot to talk about. Looking forward to having Matt on. Yeah, right now we're joined by Matt Weaver of Peaks.com of the 47 Sports family. Uh, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm okay. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. Uh, big news at, at IU today was Rashawn Williams uh, commits. He's the third member of this recruiting class. Uh, you know, he's the highest-rated recruit to commit to IU, and and well, that's exciting. He still needs sign a letter in, in either December or February, but what exactly does this verbal commitment mean for IU? Well, I mean, obviously, you, you mentioned, I mean, I think the highest, the second highest recruit uh, in, in you know, history for IU program, so that's significant. Um, to me, it's, you know, more significantly going to a state where, you know, it's a bordering state, but it's a state where, you know, the last few years, they haven't had a, a, you know, maybe a ton of traction or a ton of success. I mean, you know, they've been recruiting Michigan some, but I wouldn't say they they blanket the state. They, you know, Mike Hart does a good job up there, but to beat out obviously the in-state schools up there, and then Purdue was strong with them, and Purdue's been very good recruiting Michigan since Jeff Brom came aboard. Um, you know, that to me is significant to win head-to-head recruiting battle with them, especially when you look at their offense; it's so appealing for receivers and. Like I said, they've got other Detroit kids on that team, guys that he's friends with and former teammates and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's significant. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a headline type recruit. I mean, this is the kind of recruit that 
maybe makes guys take notice that we're interested in Indiana, but, you know, maybe hadn't been paying as much attention. And now that I think it's kind of an eye-opening one for him and, and one that obviously, you know, you've seen it kind of gotten some national news for Indiana to get a, a four-star recruit like this. Now, what kind of player is he watching his tape? He, he listed 6'1", one, about 185. Uh, he has great hands. You know, looked like he was the best athlete on the field in his highlight tape. Uh, physical downfield blocker. But what other things should IU expect when he comes to Bloomington? Well, there's a lot of things that you mentioned that you know that's what I see as I see as well. I, you know, I don't know what his speed is. I think he's got good speed. I don't know if it's like you know elite four three type of speed, but it looks like he, I mean he runs well. It's not that he's slow. Um, but like you said, I mean six one. He seems to be pl- he seems to play bigger in my opinion than the six one one eighty five he's listed at. Seems like he's a physical guy, um, great hands, can make you know those tough contested catches. You know I like my, that the King High School up there in Detroit. They won the state championship last year. They're a really really good program. They play good schools throughout the season, and then obviously the one at all you got to play good programs. So you're getting a guy who's a winner who knows how to who knows how to be a part of a championship type club. So. Uh, you know, those are some of the things I stand out, but like you stand out for me. But you know, like you said, the physical stuff it jumps out on you on the tape. You know, I love. I you know, one of the things that people don't maybe talk about, but he's a really good blocker. I think you mentioned it, and that's huge. You know, Indiana's going to want to run the ball like a lot of teams, and that those blocks on the perimeter could be the difference between you know uh, a ten yard gain. And and you know, when they had Kevin Coleman, a lot of times it was because guys were getting blocked from on the perimeter, the receivers, and those were turning into seventy, eighty yard touchdown runs. So that, that kind of stuff, is, it's little. Most fans don't notice it, but it's really important. And, you know, he just he seems to be a guy who's been well coached. Um, he's been working on his, probably his route running, but you can say that about 99.9% of high school receivers. Um, you know, that's not a big deal. But, you know, just a tremendous kid. He'll have a chance to come in and, and make an immediate impact. Uh, third, third commitment of the class, this class now. It's like in the 50s, they jumped up 20 spots with this. How do you see this class rounding out? What other needs does IU have um, in this class with, you know, they've gone after offensive linemen. That should be a priority over the next year or two. Uh, they lose after this season, you're losing Nick Westbrook and Donovan Hale. How big of a priority is the wide receiver position? Uh, I think they'll take. Well, at least one more for sure, and I and I and I would guess at least two more. I think there will be at least three receivers in this class. David Baker from Indianapolis Christina High School is a really good prospect. They're in great shape with him. Um, getting a guy like Rashawn Williams, I think, would be uh, you know that would be something that would kind of make it even more appealing for him to get to play with another great receiver. Um, you know, makes Indiana a more attractive option. You mentioned O line. O line is the real priority in this class. They're taking five. They've got uh, you know they've got one and you know, like you know four more to go, and that's just a real. I mean they're they've really been aggressive recruiting O linemen and, and for good reason. They need to be. They're in on some good guys. Josh Fryer from Beach Grove, um, uh, Joseph Solomon from Bishop Chittard, uh Luke Kandra from over in Cincinnati. Um, you know there's a number of guys that they're really in good shape with. They've uh, uh, Mitchell Walters a no tackle. Um, you know, another guy, Branson Taylor from over in Ohio. Just, yeah, you can go on and on. There's a lot of guys that they've really made a good impression on, and they need to because, like I said, they need to get five in this class. And it's, you know, you're going to hit 100% on O-linemen. Such a tough position to recruit, but you need, you need to try to make the um, margin for error as small as possible. And 
I think they're doing a good job with that. They're recruiting some good guys. You know, uh, D-line is not a huge priority in this class. I mean, they'll take a couple, but they don't really lose much, and, and they've got good numbers there. Linebacker, they've got one, as you mentioned, maybe one more. DB, DB Husky kind of together. I see four to five guys there, maybe like a couple safety types, a couple corners, and then like maybe like a fifth guy like a Cam Jones or uh, a guy like that who can kind of you know move from position to position, Noah Pierre, those kind of guys. Uh, running back, you know, has to be a special kid. Penny Boone, who's from the same high school as Rashad Williams, is a guy they're in good shape with, a four-star running back. Uh, they would take him, but they're not going to take a running back just to take one. Quarterback, then you'd like to get one there. Uh, tight end, probably at least one, maybe two. So, off the top of my head, that's kind of the numbers for the class. I, it's not going to be – I doubt it'll be a full class of 25. I'm guessing more, you know, around that 20 range, depending on attrition. But, um, you know, obviously off to a pretty good start. Yeah, you know, you mentioned quarterback. Demetrius Crenshaw from Ohio, a uh, guy that, you know, my amateur eye, looking at his tape, uh, seems like a really good fit for the type of offense we expect Indiana to run. I know Kalen DeBoer is supposed to see him uh, this week and, and kind of evaluate him and see see what he thinks. Um, do you think him or I know Hagens uh, is a player that IU has targeted for a while as well are those kind of the two quarterbacks that you see standing out as the likely guys that they uh pursue and, and look to add one of those yeah i mean they offered uh, evan prater from cincinnati uh, but i think they're going to coach the will be over on thursday um he will be over there to see uh Dimitri, uh work out and throw and you know we'll see what happens i mean i think if um I think if they want him, they'll get him. Now, you know, it's not set in stone, but I feel good about their chances that if they want him, I mean, he, he seems to really have a great relationship with IU, and he seems to really, you know, I just kind of get the feeling that he's leaning their direction. But, you know, we'll have to see what happens. And, you know, just from the, some of the things I've heard, if they get him, you know, like they're they recruiting his teammate Ty Hamilton, the D lineman, who is visiting IU in June officially and then going to Michigan the week after. I'm hearing it's a two-horse race right now between Indiana and Michigan. Getting Demetric will really, really help them with him. I mean, they're teammates, they're friends. That would be a big deal. And just here in, in the Columbus, Ohio area, when the coaches go into schools, they're they're getting asked a lot, are you guys going to get Demetric? Are you going to take Demetric? Because it seems to be – he seems to have some buzz over there. So that can maybe help you with a few other guys in that area. And obviously a quarterback just helps you in general. I mean, skill guys, even though they may be from a different state or a different area, they know who some of the good quarterbacks in the country are. So when you get that guy – Obviously, you've got Rashawn Williams, but it can help you with another receiver or receivers, you know, down the line that you're recruiting. I'll help you with offensive linemen. I mean, great players want to play with great players. I mean, there's there's a reason why so many programs, the really good ones, keep getting great players every year, even though they're, you know, you know, getting playing time at those schools is tough to come by. Because guys want to play with other great players. So the more you can get, the more kind of buzz you can get going, the more momentum you can get going the better and you know obviously today is a big big boost for the momentum and the buzz and you know, hopefully they can keep it going uh coming up with Demetric and some other guys yeah one more thing that I wanted to ask about uh, for 2019 Brandon Pierce uh Juco wide receiver um that, that to me looks like a difference maker uh potentially as an inside receiver but you know one major benefit to him uh, would be the explosion he has shown as a punt returner um, or, or kick returner for Indiana. 
just his his raw speed looks like uh, something you'd love to have as a late addition, and he had he would have two years to play. And then uh, I don't know how to say his first name, but Elysia Anderson uh, from Baylor, uh, transfer candidate as well. I know you have written that Indiana has, to your knowledge, been in good position with those two. Uh, one, you know, do you think Indiana gets either one of them? Uh, and then two, what kind of difference could uh, one or both of those guys make to to the 2019 roster and also the roster balance as you look to add uh, at a receiver that would have two years to play. Yeah, start with Brandon. I, I I've not yet talked to him. He's kind of he's not been. I don't think he's interacting with the media. But everything I've heard is that there's a, there's there's a pretty de- decent level of confidence that that IU is going to get him. Now we'll see how it turns out. Uh, but I'm with you. I mean, you know, I don't. It's not fair to compare him to Marquise Brown from Oklahoma. But they're kind of similar. Kind of similar in stature and similar in their explosiveness and, and speed. So, I mean, even if you get half of, uh, of you know, uh, Marquise Brown, uh, that's a pretty good player. But he would, you know, obviously he would give you another guy in the slot who could really, you know, along with WAP, gives you great speed. You could do different things with. Um, but like you said, the punt return, I mean, I think, I know it's junior college, but I think he averaged, I want to say, 17 or 20 yards per return, if I remember right, which, like I said, take it for what it's Juco. But still, that's that's pretty good. Um, and it just gives you another guy that, that can help. Um you know, they need more explosive plays. They've said that. And then it does, like he said, it kind of helps. I mean, that you have – he would join a class where he'd come in with two juniors, WAP, and Ty Fogel. You know, it bounces out a little bit. It, you know, Ellis, Ellis Aya, um, uh from Baylor, Anderson, the O-lineman, he really helps with, with um, the roster balance because they're really back-end heavy as far as seniors, and then they're kind of front-end heavy with freshmen and redshirt freshmen and sophomores. He kind of slots in. He would slot in, I think, with um, – uh, uh, trying to think here, Britt Berry, uh, Caleb Jones, that class, redshirt sophomore. Uh, they would, I think, they would appeal to see if he could play right away. Um, I don't know how that would go, but even if he doesn't, you know, he's still got two years starting in twenty, and he gives you a guy who's played in the Big Twelve, started some games, can play right tackle, probably fits better as a guard, but I don't think it would be he would be out of uh, his element playing right tackle. So he's got some position versatility, um, you know, good solid player. Um, and it just, it really helped. I mean, they need, I think they only got about 14, I want to say 14 scholarship alignment. I mean, you really, really want to have about 17 to 18. So they're still a little bit short. I mean, it's, you know, this is going to be a year where hopefully there's not a rash of injuries on the O-line because they could be in a, in a tough spot if that happens. Knock on wood, it doesn't. That's why they're trying to get the five. And then you had a guy like him, you know, they, they had a grad transfer on campus a couple weeks ago, um, uh, Alex Locklear. He actually committed to Utah today, so you know they're 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 still out there looking. I don't know if there'd be anybody else they'd look at, but you know they're going to keep to keep those their lines in the water, so to speak, and keep fishing for guys. But I I would be shocked. I should say shocked. I would be surprised if they don't get at least one of those two. Uh, and I feel better about the old lineman just because I talked to him and I have a relationship with LSA. But you know that doesn't mean that, that Brandon Pierce is not as good of a chance to. Uh, to pop in the end. It's just, I don't, I don't have as much insight to his recruitment because I don't have the relationship with him, but you know, I think both are a pretty good chance and, you know, hopefully they can land it because, you know, at least one definitely would be eligible this year. And if you get Anderson eligible, you know, that really helps your O-line depth for this fall. And obviously for the following two seasons. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if we lost Sammy or not, but 
you know, Pierce is a player to me that fits kind of what I think Kalen DeBoer is going for, uh, really what any offense is going for, in that um, you're looking for that kind of positional flexibility. You can move him inside. You can slide him outside. Uh, ideally, he's going to be your inside guy, though, because like you said, similar stature to Hollywood Brown, uh, who just you know was taken in the NFL's uh, first round of the draft. Uh, you're just looking for guys that you get the ball in their hands and they can make a play for you, which is something Indiana desperately needs. Uh, you're hoping Wapfillier can, can get that to you uh, with him being back healthy, and I think Indiana has a couple of other guys uh, coming in, David Ellis being one of them, that you hope can provide that type of uh, ability as well. But adding Brandon Pierce, you, you would never say no to adding another uh, potential home run hitter to your arsenal. So that'd be really exciting. Um, you mentioned the offensive lineman. Uh, Luke Kandra is a player that, and I don't, I don't really, not an expert on offensive line play, but uh, his frame, watching him play, uh, he looks like a player that I think could come in and, and really be a good contributor to Big Ten level. Uh, and then I know that they're they're high on the kid for Richard Chittard as well. Uh, and then Josh Fryer. Alabama offer. I don't know what if that changes the game for him. Um, you still see Fryer as a, an option for Indiana, or are the big boys going to come call on it and take him out of IU's backyard? No, I think they're still in it. I mean, he obviously had. I mean, Alabama's a big offer, but he had Ohio State. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if Maybe Penn State had offered too. So he's already got, I think, some kind of you know, obviously those big boy offers. But you know, Alabama for some kids is kind of you know a different level. Um, it's kind of what, you know, Clemson's kind of joining that kind of tier two. When you get an offer from one of those schools, it, it kind of changes your recruitment. But, you know, he's got the family connection. Indiana's done a really good job recruiting him. Um, you know, I don't I don't expect him to, to make a decision this summer. I think he might take it into a season. So, you know, some of it could hinge on how, how you look on the field this fall, uh, how you play. Um, but, you know, he would have a shot. And I know they've got some young linemen, but, you know, it's hard to play as a freshman. But he would really have a shot to come in and compete for a spot, I think, as a freshman. He's, I've seen him in person at, at practice. I mean, he's, he's got to get bigger like all kids. But lengthwise, his build, I mean, he is already a big kid. And, you know, if he is going to be an interior lineman, you know, not that it's an easy position to play, but it's obviously a little bit easier to get on the field early in the interior line than it is a tackle just because it's, you know, you're not out in space. You're not put on an island blocking guys. You know, it's – those DNs are really athletic that you're playing against Ohio State, Penn State, and those kind of schools. So, you know, he would, you know, how much that plays into his decision, it's hard to say. But I do think they're they're in, they're in good shape with him. I know Tom Allen and Darren Hiller and the staff has done a really good job recruiting him and his dad. And um, you know, his dad's smart. You know, he plays at IU. He he coaches there at Beach Grove with the O line, so he knows what he's doing. He's been through this, and, and you know, but I do think that connection helps. And you know, whether it's enough at the end of the day to get him, you know, we'll have to see. But Kandra is a guy that they really like. Um, you know, he's another, He's another. you know, he's a guy that, you know, part of me wonders if he's going to blow up. He's starting to, starting to pick up some offers, um, but you kind of hope he stays a little bit under the radar for the time being. Um, but he's another, he's another good one. They're recruiting his teammate, Joe Royer, the tight end. He's got an IU offer, so maybe you can get a package deal there. Uh, but, you know, that's a good program. Patrick Ramsey's high school, elder high school there in Cincinnati. So, I'm sorry, Peyton Ramsey, not Patrick Ramsey. Peyton Ramsey's high school there in Cincinnati. And, um, you know, so obviously you got a connection there. Um, but, you know, O-line's going to be so important. 
They got to get. They got obviously got to get four more. And you hope you can get. You not get all your top guys, but you can hope. You hope the group that you have kind of at the top. You hope you can get your four from that group, um, and then you know, see how they pan out. All right, great. Now, they've had Go enough ahead. injury misses here. That Sammy, you back? Yeah, I've been here. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, going to ask, you know, to me the feeling is IU's recruiting has gone up, finished top 40 last year, um, took a step up the year before that. Is this the point where IU has to start winning games in order to continue the recruiting momentum, or can they survive another – you know, five win season uh, and no bowl game. It's, it's, that's tough to say. I, I hope we don't have to. I hope we don't have to figure that out come December, late November. I hope that uh, you know. Hopefully for them, it, it's that's not a you know something we're talking about and wondering about. You know, I mean they've done a great job, but you know at some point you, you got to start. You know, momentum is great, but it only lasts for so long. And at some point, you've got to – yourself, you've got to keep it going. It's one thing to kind of generate it on the recruiting trail, but then you got to keep it going when you get to the to the field and, uh, and you know, show people that not only can you recruit, you can coach and you can win games. So, I mean, could a 5-7 and seven season cost them some recruits? I guess it could. I mean, it's just so hard to say right now. We're so – it's so far away. Um, but – you know, I think this team has. A, I think I know the schedule's tough. I mean, the non-conference schedule is not is. You know, I mean, don't want to say anything to give me, but the non-conference schedule is pretty is pretty manageable this year. But obviously, you know, the conference schedule is what it is. When you play the Big Ten East, you know, you got four really hard games every year. Um, and then obviously this year you got to go to Nebraska, you got Northwestern, and obviously Purdue every year. So you know, the, the crossover games are no, you know, are no cinch either. So it's. You know, they to me, it's time to at least take that step and get that one more win. They've been so close the last two years. You know, I know fans get sick of hearing it, but it's really come down to a handful of plays, the difference between a five-win season and a six- or seven-win season. And, you know, to me, it's time to take that next step. you got a lot of your own recruits on the roster. Um, and even though this, this team is kind of young as far as their age, it's not an inexperienced roster for the most part. you got quite a bit of experience because you got a lot of guys who played, you know, as freshmen and stuff and redshirt freshmen. So to me, it's, it's time to take that next step. I think Kalen DeBoer will be a big part of that. And, you know, I really think this team's got a great shot to, to get at least six wins and, and carry that momentum, you know, on in the recruiting trail into 2020 and 21. All right. Any more questions, TJ? No, no, I think uh, Matt really touched on a lot of the key prospects I use pursuing um, it's an exciting time because, I mean, the caliber of guys that I use going after and the, the offer list that Indiana is beating players out. I mean, you look at their offer lists and uh, that they're choosing IU over, you know, the programs that they are. Uh, that simply has not happened in my lifetime, and that's that's exciting. And uh, I think that, you know, guys like Mike Hart and, uh, and of course, Tom Allen, uh, Darren Hiller, you know, they deserve a lot of credit for this uh, resurgence, if you will, or surge in recruiting, hopefully it translates onto the field. Yeah, it's, it's to me it's that time to, to get six. It's 
now nobody's job is on the line and, and Tom Allen's done a great job recruiting, but it's time to, you know, get those. And Matt, you put it politely with the non-conference schedule. If they don't go three, zero in the non-conference this year, it's going to be shocking. Uh, Ball state is a team that I should, you know, roll over. UConn is probably had the worst defense of all time uh, out of an FBS team last year. And then you have Eastern Illinois, who's an FBS program. You're playing it at home. And you throw Rutgers in there as well uh, in your Big Ten schedule. And, and that's four, you know, the four should be four wins. And then, you know, you got to win, you got to win these toss up games against Northwestern, uh, Maryland, Purdue. And I, I really wish this is the year we got Penn State and and uh, Michigan State at home instead of Ohio State and Michigan because those programs are both going through, uh, you know, their changeovers with Trace McSorley graduating. And then at Michigan State, they seem to ha – they haven't regained that form that, uh, you know, that they had a couple years ago when they won uh, 10, 11 games. So it, it's a schedule that's a little bit it, – it's manageable, but you've got to win those toss-up games. You've got to – you know, those games that have come down to a big first down late in the game or a big stop late in the game, those are the games that I use going to have to win uh, this year in, in order to get to a ball. Matt, thank you very much for joining us, uh, joining us in the podcast today. And uh, we'll keep uh, – if you want to keep up with the latest IU recruiting, follow Matt at pigs.com and on Twitter as well. Enjoy the rest of your evening, Matt. Okay, thanks, guys. Take care. All right, that just about does it. TJ, some closing thoughts from you on uh, on IU today. Obviously, Rashawn Williams is kind of the headliner, but, uh, you know, Matt touched on um, just the kind of domino effect that it, grabbing a player like that could have. I mean, you know, you have to put yourself, attempt to put yourself, scary thoughts, but attempt to put yourself into the mind of, you know, a, a prospect like an 18, 19-year-old prospect, uh, you know, you're you're going to see Rayshon Williams and, and a lot of guys, especially in this area, know who that is. You're going to see, wow, four-star receiver, you know, rated, uh, you know, in, in the top, almost top 200 of his class um, committed to Indiana. Wow. You know, that gets your attention, uh, not just for fans, but for the fellow prospects as well. And the guys that already had Indiana on their list, you've got to think that that, you know, that uh, just notches Indiana just a tiny bit higher, and maybe if all things are equal between IU and another program, that that maybe tips the scale for the Hoosiers. Plus, you know, he's got teammates in a very good high school program that I use after uh, Buford, an offensive lineman, uh, and Penny Boone, who is a fellow four-star recruit, uh, running back that Matt mentioned, uh, I use in good position with, and that's just going to help. So. Uh, it, it's a big deal, one, for the player, but two, for the type of momentum that it could generate with the rest of this class uh, that sees this as kind of a rallying cry, if you will, to to join on and be a part of this. So uh, it's, it's a huge deal, and uh, congratulations to Mike Hart, who was the lead recruiter for this, and his Michigan connections paying off big time. Um, hopefully it's a harbinger of things to come uh, with this class, and what you want to do is you're building a program that you hear the term stack classes. And that's, that's what I use trying to do. They've had a couple of really good classes back to back. 
And, you know, like you said, it's the time where you got to start to see that play out on the field. And then you stack those classes and, and turn what has been a five and seven team into a six and six, seven and five team and build from there. And that's where it's got to start. Yeah, TJ, you're exactly right. And, and my closing thoughts are, you know, on this. Well, well, Sean Williams is a, is a great land for IU. They need to, to build around him, hang on to him until December uh, when you could get him to sign a, a letter of intent and, and build this class around him. Right now they sit, I, as of this morning, at 52, uh, nationally 11th in the Big Ten. If they could get up into that top 25, uh, into the top 25, top 30 area, uh, you know, top half of the Big Ten, and get to a bowl game this year. Your program is, is making strides on the field and off the field, and, and that's something uh, that's something that fans should be excited about. And then on top of that, you, you also have a six-year streak of players in the NFL draft, so I use no longer that that school where you don't have a, a shot at going to the, the pros. I, you had Wes Martin go in the fourth round. You had three more guys pick up free agent deals as well. So you have a nice little contingency of IU football alums that that are now in the NFL. A handful of them are on their second and third contracts. And it's now becoming it's, – it's not the desert wasteland that it used to be. Uh, and now you could attract some bigger prospects by saying, hey, you can make it to the NFL – uh, for IU, uh, without having you know, having to to put up ridiculous numbers, you could you could still make it there without being invited to the NFL Combine by putting up a solid pro day, like Wes Martin did. So I used to come in that you know, they just need to win on the field to become that that middle tier Big Ten program uh, where guys could consistently go to the NFL. You consistently go to bowl games, and you know your recruiting classes are somewhere, you know, between 20 and 40 year in and year out. And this will be if if I use class is in the top 40 this year, that'll be three consecutive classes uh, that you're stacking, and and the future seems pretty. So, TJ, thanks for joining me today, and enjoy the rest of your rest of your Monday, and and. Uh, Fall camp should be right around the corner. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Our uh, countdown series starting up here uh, pretty soon, so we are uh, excited for that, I know. and um, We'll have lots of good off-season content. I know we're going to be talking about some different uh, hot topic issues, if you will, uh, in future podcast episodes. This, you know, Today's recruiting news kind of took precedent, but uh, we'll get to those things. So if you have any of those ideas, just uh, shoot those to us on Twitter. Yep. Uh, thanks, TJ. Enjoy the rest of your evening. That does it for today's Hoosier Huddle podcast. As always, check back to HoosierHuddle.com for all your Indiana football news. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, we're in the process of making a change to our podcast to bring you a better quality podcast that you, the fans, deserve. Uh, so if you have any suggestions, I know audio quality is one of the priorities we're looking at and are open to and all suggestions on that and enjoy the rest of your Monday evening. We are about a month away from starting our hundred day countdown and we'll have, as TJ said, a lot 
of preseason content, preview, team previews, additional previews, opponent previews, as well as uh, you know profiling all the players on the IU roster as well, and whatever recruiting news comes up, as well as some national stories. We'll talk about the transfer rule, new rules uh, that are going to come into play next year on the field, and much, much more. So if you have any topics, college football topics you'd like us to talk about, please send them over to twi- to at Hoosier underscore huddle on Twitter or email me at thehoosierhuddle at gmail.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 